Hi there, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 109. And today, I want to return to the topic of radical unschooling. I've been thinking about radical unschooling again because I was reading another article about this topic on the internet the other day. I want to share some thoughts with you today and also I have a couple of stories. If you're not radical unschoolers, you might think this topic sounds a bit frightening. Maybe you have no intention of becoming radical unschoolers. Well, I'm hoping that I can convince you that radical unschooling is a wonderful thing to do. Yes, it is not as negative as a lot of people make out. So what I'm going to do is start with my own thoughts and stories. And then afterwards, I'm going to finish with the article that I read on the internet, the one about radical unschooling. You might know that we started homeschooling as unschoolers, but then we got distracted, or well, I got distracted, and we headed off down a number of other homeschooling pathways before we gradually made our way back to unschooling. And it took me a long time to realize that what we were doing could be called unschooling. I thought that we were just doing our own thing. At the beginning, I thought I knew what unschooling was, But obviously, I didn't. It looked very different in practice to what I had imagined. And this is why I hadn't recognized the fact that we were unschoolers. Now, we became radical unschoolers in a similar way. I never wanted to be radical unschoolers. Radical unschooling sounded a bit wild to me, maybe irresponsible as well. I couldn't imagine us ever going down that pathway. But like unschooling, we got there very gradually. We became radical unschoolers without realizing. It was only by looking back at where we had come from that I realized that our family had changed enormously. My husband and I were parenting in a very different way to what we used to. And as I said, It all happened very naturally. We didn't choose to be radical unschoolers. I discovered that radical unschooling was totally different to what I imagined. I learned a lot about radical unschooling by doing it, just like I learned a lot about unschooling. I don't know how long we have been radical unschoolers. Probably quite a long time. But it was about four or five years ago that I sat down to try and analyze where we were, where we had come from, what we were doing. Changes were probably happening in our family over a long period of time. One day I stopped and I looked back and I thought, hey, we are parenting in such a different way to what we used to. Yes, I knew we were unschoolers, that we'd let go of control of our kids' education, that they could choose to learn what they wanted to learn and do it in a way that suited them. But other things, parenting things, surely we weren't radical unschoolers. Surely we hadn't become wild and irresponsible. 
Or maybe we had become radical unschoolers. Maybe radical unschoolers aren't necessarily wild and irresponsible. Anyway, one day I decided that I would write a blog post about this topic. Jot down a few of the thoughts that were going on inside my head. The first story that I wrote is called Rules, Responsible Parenting and Radical Unschooling. If you do a Google search on unschooling, it won't take you very long to find someone criticizing unschoolers. The most judged unschoolers are those who have adopted a radical way of life, those who do not force a set of rules and regulations upon their children in the area of parenting as well as education. The critics are quick to point out that without parental control and rules, Children will go off and do whatever they want without regard to anyone else. They will run wild and be inconsiderate, lazy and selfish. They won't learn right from wrong. What about my own unschooling children? Are they wild and undisciplined? Maybe not, but you're not radical unschoolers, you might say. You limit your unschooling to educational matters and are sure to impose limits and rules upon your children to ensure they are well brought up. You are parenting responsibly. At one point in time, I might have agreed. When my first daughter was young, we had lots of rules and regulations. I wanted to train my children well. I considered it my duty. It wasn't long before I discovered something very interesting about rules. They result in children and parents fighting for power. It was such hard work staying in control. The end result wasn't a well-disciplined child who accepted my rules because she saw they were in her best interests. Instead, she longed to rebel but couldn't because I was the parent and she was the child. And if she did decide to ignore my rules, she knew she'd be punished. But somewhere along the way, our parenting changed. Like our homeschooling, we knew things weren't right, and gradually, and naturally, rules and power struggles fell by the wayside. The end result? Wild, selfish children? No, we have hard-working, well-balanced, considerate children who know right from wrong. And I wonder how this happened. We have no rules about such things as TV, computer use, bedtimes, dress codes, and attending mass. We do have a roster for chores, but somewhere along the way, it was taken over by my children, and it no longer has anything to do with me. Despite not having clearly set out rules, our children don't watch TV. They enjoy a DVD here and there. They each have a computer which they use every day, but they don't spend excessive time in front of the screen. They play computer games whenever they feel like it, which isn't that often. They dress appropriately, and I've never had even one battle about what they want to wear. They all choose to go to bed at a reasonable time they have decided is appropriate for their needs. Without fail and without complaining, they contribute to the upkeep of our home. 
They always come to mass with us and turn up for morning prayers. Even the issue of appropriate books and movies doesn't seem to be a problem. I ask my children a few questions. Would you ever consider not doing your jobs? No, the house would soon become a mess. I wouldn't want to live like that. You might think it's my job to do all the work, as I'm the mother. The mess belongs to all of us. But no one's forcing you to work. It wouldn't feel right not to work. We all have to do things we don't particularly enjoy doing. You are choosing to do your chores? Yes. I think that choosing to do what is right is much better than being forced into doing it. Motivation comes from within and so will remain even when parents aren't physically present with a threat of punishment. So it seems to me that children can learn to be considerate and know right from wrong without imposing rules and punishments. Could it all have to do with modeling the values, beliefs and practices we want to pass on to our children? Could it involve showing respect to all, about regarding everyone as valued members of the family team, about listening, about acknowledging everyone's needs and responding to them with love and not punishment? Might it be about building up children's inner sense of right feeling? Is it about parenting gently? Is it about attachment parenting? I don't really know. These are just random thoughts. But back to radical unschooling. I used to hear the word radical and recoil. Radical unschoolers seem to lead lives so different to ours. I listened to such words as neglectful, lazy, allowed to do whatever they want, and wild, and I didn't want to know. These days, I'm trying to look past the obvious lifestyle differences in an attempt to understand. I am pondering new ideas. From what I have been reading, I see that contrary to popular belief, radical unschoolers do not practice hands-off parenting at all. I have actually come across the words attachment parenting in association with unschooling quite a few times. Could it be that radical unschoolers have well-adjusted and well-parented children after all? Could the critics be wrong? I still have lots to think about and work out. Could radical unschooling be an extension of attachment parenting? Can Catholics radically unschool? And could unschooling already have affected more than just the educational part of my family's lives? Could we have moved towards Radical unschooling. That is quite a radical thought. There's an extra piece at the end of that post. I did say earlier in the story, they dress appropriately and I've never had even one battle about what they want to wear. I added these words. Okay, I admit I once had a grumble or two about my son Callum not ironing his mass shirt which was rather silly because the fact he always chooses to come with us to Mass is much more important than what he is wearing. As you can see, I was pondering radical unschooling at that time. My ideas about it and my belief in it have deepened since that post. 
These days, I definitely think it's all about showing respect, acknowledging everyone's needs, responding with love and not punishment, building up a child's inner sense of right feeling, parenting gently and attachment parenting. All those things that I was pondering in this story, I definitely believe these days. It's funny how we change, especially when we change one step at a time. Where have we come to? What are we doing? Surely we haven't become radical unschoolers. It is always good to ponder new ideas, especially ones that make us feel a little bit uncomfortable. I said, these days I'm trying to look past the obvious lifestyle differences in an attempt to understand. I am pondering new ideas. I guess the radical unschoolers that I was reading about did lead lives that looked very different from ours. In many ways, we seem like a very conventional family, at least on the outside. When I thought of radical unschoolers, I thought of free-spirited type people, people who would pile into a combi van and go touring round Australia. They might be a little bit hippie, they might live in a yurt or a caravan, or a commune even. And I don't think there's anything wrong with any of those things. But they just aren't us. Could a conventional Catholic family radically unschool? Well, I have discovered that they can. Radical unschooling is not about the external appearances of a family, where they choose to live, how they choose to dress, what they believe necessarily. There's more to it than that. So if you know some radical unschoolers who live a different sort of lifestyle to the one you're living, don't let that put you off. Maybe you live a totally different life to the one I'm leading. That's okay too. We can all radically unschool. My next story is called The Risky Business of Trusting Children. Before I start reading this story, you will soon see that I have written it from the perspective of being a Catholic unschooler. But don't let that put you off this story. We all have beliefs and values that are important to us. If you aren't Catholic, maybe you could substitute the beliefs and values that your family lives by. It's the principles of the story that matter, maybe not the details. Trusting children to make their own choices sounds risky enough when it applies only to education. But what if you extend this trust to other areas of life? Will children decide they don't want to go to Mass or eat healthy food? Perhaps they will want to watch inappropriate movies or play computer games all day. Some parents decide they just can't pass control over to their children as it would be irresponsible. They wouldn't be fulfilling their duty of protecting and caring for their children. At first glance, this might all seem very true. But I wonder, why should children choose to do things parents feel are not appropriate? 
Can the way we parent influence the choices a child makes? Can we give a child the freedom to choose, but at the same time be confident they will make the right choices? I think we can. If I didn't, I would keep firm control over my children at all times, because I regard myself as a responsible parent. Trust. I ask Charlotte what it feels like not to be trusted. I don't know, she says. You always trust me. I don't think it would be very nice, says Sophie. I've read books about children who aren't trusted. Why do parents think the worst of their children? asks Imogen. Why do they assume they will always do the wrong thing if they have the choice? Don't they have confidence? They have given them the skills to make good choices. Maybe there are misconceptions about unschooling. Unschooling parenting isn't hands off. Children aren't thrust out into the world and told to find out everything for themselves. They don't have to decide what is right and what is wrong without any input from their parents. Children are brought up in a family. They observe their parents and learn from their example. If they feel secure and respected and valued and are treated with love and kindness, why shouldn't children love and trust their parents and accept their values? The biggest fear for parents when they think about unschooling seems to revolve around the issue of the faith. Of course, it's important that Catholic children know and love their faith. We can't leave them to discover what faith is all about alone. It's our duty to share the truth with them. But as I see it, we can hardly fail to share it. Faith is something we live. It's who we are. We discuss it. We read about it. We pray together. We go to mass as a family. Our children are immersed in our Catholic faith, and they accept the truth we live. My husband Andy and I never say you have to come to mass, but I admit we also never say, "Do you want to come to mass?" Going to mass is just not an issue. We believe in God. We are Catholics. We go to mass. That's what we do. It's just like breathing. In our twenty-six years of parenting, not one of our children has ever said, "I don't want to go to mass with you." I say to my children. Why have you never questioned going to mass? Why shouldn't we come? We want to come. We love going to mass, and it's the right thing to do. They look at me as if they don't understand why I'd ask such a question. Perhaps some questions don't even have to be asked. Will my children always want to practice their faith? I have no idea. They do have free will. I don't think any parent can faith-proof their children, whatever their method of parenting. But I feel I have done my part responsibly. The rest is up to them. What about inappropriate movies and books? Should we let children read and watch anything they choose? We can try and control what our children read, and this is possible when they are young. But there comes a time when we have to trust them. I think it's more valuable to ensure they know what is right and what is wrong, rather than censor everything. 
What is right and what is wrong? We discuss so much with our children. Our unschooling children do listen to us, just like we listen to them, and they do respect our opinions. When my boys were young teenagers, they went together to the cinema. We weren't sure if the movie would be entirely appropriate, and there was one scene that wasn't. When the boys returned home, they told me about it. It was okay, Mum said. Duncan, the elder brother, we didn't watch that scene. I told Callum to look away until it was over. I sort of glanced at the screen every now and then until I was sure it was safe to watch the movie again. I was really touched by this. That inbuilt sense of right and wrong ensured they acted appropriately. I didn't need to be there to control the situation. Of course, there are some things that just aren't worth worrying about. A child has the right to choose what she wears each day, and what and how much she eats. She knows how much sleep she needs and whether she needs a cardigan or not. Maybe little children might need some help in determining these needs and how to fulfil them, but it can be done gently. And without taking over, we can guide rather than control until we are no longer needed. I wonder if we tend to want to have a say long after that time has arrived. I think children can recognize they need us. Girls, I've just thought of something else. What if you came to me and said you want to leave home? Should I let you? Should I trust you to know what you need, Mum? Don't be silly. We're not ready to leave home. We know that. We still need you. I guess there might be some children who can't wait to leave home because they feel their parents exert too much control over them. Someone adds. That makes me think. I wonder if some children are inadvertently. Pushed into making the wrong choices by never being trusted. If we hold too tightly out of fear, don't we run the risk our children will rebel? We will lose them, despite our best attempts to protect and look after them. So is it risky trusting children, giving them the freedom to choose? I will speak for my own unschooled children. I don't believe it is. There's also another note at the end of this story. In brackets, I've said, just in case anyone is wondering, I no longer have babies and toddlers. But if I did, I wouldn't let them play in the street, even if that's what they wanted to do. That would be irresponsible. But I would let them eat whenever they were hungry and sleep with me and carry them around if they didn't want to be alone. It's been a few years since I wrote that story, and of course my girls have grown older. If Charlotte and Imogen came to me and said we're leaving home, Mum, I wouldn't have a problem. They're well and truly old enough and responsible enough to look after themselves. What I find funny is the fact that they are in no hurry to leave home. They like living here. With their parents, they are not in a rush to run away from us and live their own lives. They're already doing that at home. They like being with us, and so they're still here. We're still helping them, and they're helping us. 
I guess we have a need of each other at the moment. Unschoolers are a minority group, and I think that Catholic unschoolers are even a smaller group. Can Catholics unschool? In this post, I talked a bit about our Catholic beliefs and how we have a responsibility to pass them on to our children. Can we do that if we are radical unschoolers? And of course, I think we can. We can't force our beliefs on anyone. It doesn't matter that we're Catholic, and that it is our responsibility to teach our children about our faith. Yes, we can share our faith, but if our children decide that they don't want to have anything to do with it, if they choose to believe something else, to, to go their own way, then there really is nothing we can do about it. We can't force them to have the same beliefs as us. We have to set our kids free. We can't tie them to us. We can't make them do things that we believe are important. But we can build up those bonds between parent and child. And as I said last week, we can become connected. And when our children are connected to us, we are the most important people in their lives. If we trust them, they are very likely to trust us and they will listen and they will probably adopt all the values and beliefs that are important to us. I do think that that's the only way we can do it. It would drive us crazy to do it any other way. What if we worried about what our children were doing when we weren't around? Perhaps they might go away for a weekend with friends and then we might be tempted to do a bit of snooping. Did they go to Mass on Sunday? How are we going to find out? No, it's much better to live life with trust. You might remember that I made another podcast on this topic, episode 102. It's called Sharing Our Values and Beliefs with Our Unschooled Children. It's a podcast for anybody not just Catholics. I have just one more story that I would like to share with you today, and it's a very, very short story. It won't take me very long to read it out to you. It's called How to Live Radically. Radical unschooling children don't necessarily brush their teeth or shower, and if they want to exist on an exclusive diet of Coca-Cola and donuts, well, that's up to them. Or so the stories go. And for some people, that might not sound a very attractive way of life at all. But what if we forget about teeth and showers and junk food? Perhaps there's something far more important at the heart of a radical way of life. What if we accept our children with all their gifts and quirks and failings, treat them with trust and respect, and instantly forgive, love them just as they are, no strings attached? What if we love as we'd like to be loved ourselves? We'd be loving unconditionally. And isn't that a rather radical thing to do?
So how do we live radically? Don't worry about other people's stories, which might not even be true. Just love. It's rather sad that loving unconditionally is regarded as a rather radical thing to do. Shouldn't we all be loving in this way? Regardless of whether we're homeschoolers or unschoolers or schoolers, whether we go to work, whether we are adults or children, everybody should love unconditionally. Radical unschooling children don't necessarily brush their teeth. I am sure that most people would have heard rather frightening stories about radical unschooled children. I've actually had a few discussions with people who have been considering unschooling. They have told me about these stories and about how they couldn't possibly let their children not brush their teeth. They tell me there's something wrong about unschooling, especially radical unschooling. What parent could stand by and watch their children's teeth decay? and watch their children fill up on junk food, which isn't very good for them. No, these stories put people off unschooling. This leads me on to the article that I mentioned at the start of this podcast, the one I read the other day. It was a newspaper article, I think. I can't remember which one. It had been written in rather a sensational kind of way. The writer obviously couldn't believe that people would live this way of life. When I read the article, I was rather horrified myself. I thought, if this is unschooling, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want people to read this article and then look at me and say, hey, is this what you're doing? You're unschoolers. My family doesn't live life like the family that was in this article. I'll give you more details. Anyway, the children in this particular family don't have to wash. They don't have to brush their hair. They don't have to eat healthy food. Their parents say the children are free to do whatever they want. And I thought to myself, how can we not guide our children in the way of hygiene and healthy eating? The way the story was written, the parents sounded very proud. Yes, they are living an alternate way of life, and they are very proud of it. So does it matter if our kids don't wash their hair, don't brush their hair, don't pay attention to the basics of hygiene? The children in this particular family have dreadlocks because their hair has become so matted and dirty that it is impossible to have any other style. To me, that's not acceptable. If a child chooses to have dreadlocks, that's one thing. I think that kids should be free to do whatever they like with their hair. It is their hair. But I do believe they should wash their hair. There are a couple of reasons for this. It is healthy to have good hygiene. It's also considerate to those around us. And thirdly, even though our children are very different in many ways, they still have to live with other people out there in the world. And we should be trying to make that adjustment for them as easy as possible. We should be guiding them. I think that stories like this 
don't do unschooling any favors. They put people off. But what I would like to say is that if you are not already radical unschoolers, don't be put off. Don't close your mind to this way of life. It is not what some people say it is. It's not frightening. It's not wild. It is a lifestyle of unconditional love. That's the most important thing. Many people will say, we will unschool, but there is no way that we are going to radically unschool. That's what I said. But if we unschool and don't move on to the next stage and radically unschool, I do believe we would miss out on the best part of unschooling. Yes, unschooling is good, but radical unschooling, that's even better. Why would we want to stop at unschooling? Let's go all the way. So I'm hoping that my podcast, my videos, and my blog posts have given you another side of radical unschooling if you have been feeling a little bit apprehensive about it. All the things I talk about week after week, unconditional love, forgiveness, trusting our kids, respect, things that I think should be part of every single person's way of life, they are all the ingredients of a radical, unschooling life. I think that's all I want to share with you in this podcast. I've enjoyed chatting to you on this spring afternoon. I'm actually home alone while I've got the dogs at home this time, but my family have gone to Sydney for the day. We have an American teenage friend staying with us for a few weeks, and my husband, Andy, has taken our girls and the friend to Taronga Zoo see some kangaroos and other Australian animals. The zoo is situated in a beautiful place. It's situated on the edge of the harbour. You look out from the zoo and you can see all the famous landmarks of Sydney. As usual, I put the links to those blog posts in the show notes. There are a number of other blog posts about radical unschooling in my blog's archive. If you'd like to stop by my blog and say hello, please do. The other place you might find me is Instagram, under the name Sue Elvis. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode, episode 109. And until next time, trust, respect, and love unconditionally. <music>